Hey, uh, thanks for listening to the Nick and Big J podcast. We appreciate it. And you know what? It's brought to you by The Advocates. If you've been in an accident, well, call The Advocates, 208-471-4444. Straight from your waking nightmare, it's the Morning After podcast with Nick and Big J. Presented by Treasure Valley Subaru, the Idaho Center's premier pre-owned superstore. With a large selection of cars, SUVs, crossovers, and trucks, and payments as low as $250 a month, Rob and his crew have exactly what you need. And with one of Idaho's largest Subaru service centers, Rob and his crew have got you taken care of with express oil changes in under 45 minutes guaranteed, or it's free. And now, Nick and Big J. Well, what's going on, everybody? It is the morning after with Nick and Big J. Look at this, everybody. Guess who's back after two weeks out? Two plus weeks out, I think, right? Yeah, guess who's back? Back again. Sing the rest. I don't know the response. It is Big J, and he is back in studio. We are together again. How does it feel, pal? It feels great. You tell me. Uh, It's nice to see you. I'll tell you that much. I mean, I had a chance to hear you over the last couple of days when we were working together, but it is nice to have you back in the studio. How did that? Uh, how did the morning routine go after two weeks of it? Oh, great! It was like a breath of fresh air. Let me tell you what. <laughs> yeah, that alarm going off was wonderful. Well, I don't ever heard the alarm. I got what? Well, well, I mean, I hardly slept with excitement. Oh my god! It's like Christmas morning for you, dude. Yeah. What'd you get for Christmas? Nothing. A kick in the jeans. That's about it. It's a Monday. As we get ready for leading up to Labor Day weekend, hopefully you are going to have a fantastic week and then a long weekend as well. We have got lots of cool things on the agenda for today. A beer to badass, courtesy of Big J. He's back in that form. Uh, I'm trying to remember who I did. Oh, I did uh, Big. Uh, I did Jeff Bridges the first meeting. Oh, okay. And then uh, to try to get people to watch The Old Man on FX. And then after X-Fest, I did Dave Buckner as the bearded badass. Oh, fantastic, For his man. invite over to the house for the Papa Roach pool party that we had a chance to do. So uh, you can add those to your list to make sure they don't get repeated because uh, I know you keep track of all this stuff. But uh, we will get a bearded badass from Big J. Plus, we also have a chance for you to go to Greta Van Fleet. That show is coming up on Saturday, kids. It's going to be at Extra Mile Arena, and it's going to be a good one. And we've got you covered there. Plus, we'll get you qualified for what we're calling the Greta Van Seats, which is a beautiful couch that they have lined up right by the soundboard. Essentially, the best seats in the house. Not only are you comfortable, it's also guaranteed to be the best sound in the building. And so it's going to look great, it's going to sound great, and you're going to be very comfortable during the show, which is pretty cool, I think. So we'll give you a chance to get qualified for those. Probably non-pee smell couches? Uh, I cannot confirm nor deny that. I don't want to set ourselves up for a positive. I don't know where the couch is coming from. I'm guessing they will smell better. I didn't shop for the couch. Than our our couches at X-Fest. Although, uh, I do believe it was so hot and nobody cared what what they were sitting on. Yeah, they were smelling themselves anyways. Uh, Yeah, it it wasn't a great smelling tent, I'll put it that way, (laughs) at the X-Broadcast booth. On top of all that fun, we also will get you some music as a part of the show today. Uh, That includes kicking things off with a little band you've heard of, I'm sure, called White Zombie. More human than human here on The Morning After with Nick and Big J on the X Rocks. On The Morning After with Nick and Big J. Well, Big J, it's been 30 days since the federal government uh, passed a nationwide suicide hotline number, which, of course, is now 988. Uh, The beauty of this particular national number is 
whatever local agency, wherever you happen to be, it transfers you over to that automatically, which in our case, of course, is the Idaho Crisis and Suicide Hotline. We've had Lee in here a bunch of times talking about that, who is the uh, director and curator of that particular program. And uh, the good news is it's working, uh, working a lot. In fact, with the easier-to-remember number, uh, they've seen an increase in the last month of over 4,000 calls, which is incredible when you think one month to the next. Uh, 15,000 calls and texts have come in in the last 30 days to that particular number, It just in Idaho alone. So it is uh, very, again, this is such a taboo subject, and it's very strange, but suicide's a very real uh, issue here in this state. It continues to be. We are one of the states that has the highest, one of the highest rates in the country, and nobody likes to talk about it, but it does affect every single one of us, whether we like it or not, and it's important that everybody knows, number one, there is a new phone number that's easier to remember, which is 988. That's 30 days old. Number two, that Lee and his entire crew over there at the Idaho Crisis Suicide Hotline do amazing work to help out a lot of people. And number three, that uh, if you are somebody that thinks you can help, they are looking to add some people to that particular number. Because one of the things that they do in typical you know, government fashion is they mandate that every state has this number. And then, uh, then they're dealt with an influx of people and calls. And, of course, they're given no help to try to get that yeah. many people through. So... They are looking to hire about 40, about 10 more people. They have 42 current employees on the on the actual list. They are looking for 10 additional uh, people to join the, the actual suicide hotline and Idaho crisis line. Uh, they want two supervisors and eight crisis responders that can help out. They will train. So, uh, of course, there's a lot of you know funding concerns that go along with it, but they have done a good enough job where they feel like they can hire 10 additional people. So... Thought I would give them a little shout out and uh, and try to push it along a little bit. If you think this is something that you might be good at, they don't expect you to be a crisis expert. They do, of course, if you want to apply for one of the supervisor positions. But if you just want to help people out, that is a position that they will train you to do. So keep that in mind and maybe keep a lookout for that if you're looking for an additional job or a new job. Man, it's got to be a tough a tough job because uh, you've got the highs of helping people and the lows of people who you couldn't help. Yeah, exactly. I mean, listen, it takes a special person to be able to do this. There's no doubt about it, which is why, uh, again, even though people don't like to talk about it, it's important that the men and women that work for the Idaho Crisis and Suicide Hotline get some credit because uh, they do some amazing work that whatever you can say about it, ain't no way it's easy. And so uh, we appreciate all the stuff they've done, all the hours they put in and will continue to put in. And again, if you need help or feel like you're going through a crisis yourself, that number is easy to remember. It's 988 and it will get you to somebody here locally that will care, will listen and will help you through it if you need it. Remember when you used to play golf, Big J? Yeah. Remember when you used to dress up like Rory McIlroy when you played golf? No. Uh, isn't that the guy, the Puma, the Puma guy? Right? No. Who was the guy no. that you dressed up like? Uh, that was, uh, oh boy, now I don't remember who it is. But it wasn't, it was, <laughs> I not, thought it was, Rory Rory, it was not Rory McIlroy. Uh, he won the tour championship yesterday at Eastlake Golf Club in Atlanta to take the FedEx Cup for the third time. He rallied from six shots behind to beat Scotty Sheffer, who had been in the lead. Uh, and that was a fun and exciting tournament to watch if you watch golf, apparently. Uh, Washington Commanders rookie running back Brian Robinson Jr. was shot during 
during attempted robbery or carjacking yesterday. According to the NFL team, he, 23-year-old, was taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Apparently, he's in good spirits and he's good to go, but they're looking for two possible suspects as to how this whole thing went down, which is never a good end to your preseason, that's for sure. And uh, whatever you did this weekend, it wasn't going to the movies, more likely than not, because the box office saw the lowest grossing weekend of the entire year this particular weekend. Uh, $54 million for all the movies. Uh, and none of them apparently uh, got a really good cinema score. About a C with everybody leaving the theater. So nobody really liked the movies they went to go see this weekend. Uh, the I Invitation did. was the number one movie of the weekend. Uh, I never even heard of this movie. Have you? No. Uh, apparently it's a horror movie. It took number one, seven million. Bullet Train came in number two, five point six million. That was the movie you would see. Yeah, I saw that uh, yesterday. And what would you give it? Uh, coming out of what was your uh, cinema score? I'd give it a B. All right. Uh, Beast came in number three, Top Gun Maverick four, Dragon Ball Super Superhero came in at number five. That was the number one movie in America last weekend, but not a lot of money made at the box office this weekend. Were there a lot of people at your screening that you went to? No. I rest my case. Morning After with Nick and Big J, there's your first round of important stuff. That is Beck where it's at here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. Big J back in the studio, of course, after a couple of weeks off. Uh, one that was planned, one that wasn't so. But uh, did you end up doing anything special for your birthday over the weekend? Uh, no, not really. Nothing. No, no, it was kind of a bummer. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I mean, everybody was under the weather, which is one of the big things. Why, well, right? Yeah, and separately, like uh, my sister and uh, you know that side of the family over that I hadn't seen, I haven't seen them in a while. We're also down and sick uh, with the Rona, and so it just it just like didn't seem like fate wanted that to uh, to happen. Well, I'm so. sorry, but hey, don't let it be said. Oh, oh yeah, you, I've you, got nothing. I here is your birthday. Oh, present. it's a bag. Happy oh, birthday, whoa. God, don't drop. Happy, there's fragile stuff in there. Happy birthday to you, Big J. We were supposed to do the official gift exchange. Yeah, throw that away carefully because it's got my address on it. Uh, It's got two different things in there that uh, that I thought maybe you would enjoy, although I'm not 100% certain. We got a hat. Yeah, you need another hat. By the way, can I say this? Sure. I didn't realize I've been collecting hats. Yes, you have been. And I have like 40 hats, and the wife has been trying to, I, like, I can't get new hats unless I get rid of old hats. Oh, sorry. But no, this is great. Yeah. Pew. Yeah, it's a Star Wars hat. Get it? Beep, boop, fish, boom. It's making Star Wars yeah. noises. You like Star Wars. Beep, boop, bop. Why not? Uh, that Uh-oh. one is Big J personalized, Uh-oh. so be careful. Oh. Uh, it costs me I'm a lot. I'm thinking it's a mug. It yeah. costs you a lot? Yeah, because they don't make these, Big J. I love how you Big tell J. me how much the presents I'm cost. I'm not telling you how much. I'm not going to say that, that that mug was $70. Oh! <laughs> it is a mug with the, a picture of the cast of Hawaii Five-0. It's Big J's new favorite show, and I like to give him, uh, I like to buy him uh, things awesome, that has something. It's got Dano on it. Yeah, all your favorites Daniel are Day on Kim, it. Gracie Park. I wanted, to, and that was the other thing. Like, I, I wanted to make sure it had Daniel Day Kim on it because you like that character a lot, and oh, all man. of the new ones don't because he's not in the later seasons. Yeah, the last two seasons. So we went throwback style. This is great. Happy birthday! You always need uh, you. new hats and new coffee mugs, and so I'm happy to oh, add man. to the collection. Thanks, brother. You can bring them home or not. Hey, happy birthday, buddy! Thanks, man. You earned every piece of it. Hopefully, uh, I'm sorry that you had to spend it down uh, in the health situation, but I'm glad that you're back at. <laughs> it, it was the worst vacation ever. <laughs> Well, the Vegas part was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, until you got sick. 
Yeah. Uh, but at least you're back and you're feeling better, and that's the important thing. And so, happy birthday to you, sir. Thanks, man. Hopefully, 46 is pretty good. Morning after with Nick and Big J. Listen to Big J put away things. We will come back with a bearded badass. That's next on the X Rock. After with Nick and Big J. Now, this morning's bearded badass might not come instantly to mind when thinking beards, but. Uh, no doubt throughout the entirety of his career so far, he's had some type of facial hair, and Jonathan Davis is currently rocking a pretty badass beard. Plus, he might be the first bearded badass to have the skill to play the bagpipes. Now, Davis grew up in Bakersfield, California, and no doubt his experiences of being bullied at an early age shaped his perspective of angst and anger that definitely found its way into Davis's lyrics. And at the age of 16, he took a job as a coroner's assistant. The macabre was always something that interested Jonathan, and he began studying pretty intensely uh, for embalming and the work of being uh, in a mortuary uh, while the beginning of his career of music took shape. Now, in the late 80s, Davis, along with David Silveria, the original drummer uh, for Korn, and James Monkey Schaefer formed a band called LAPD. That eventually would become Korn. Now, clearly, you know all about the success of Korn, but let's just say they remain one of the biggest rock bands in the world coming to town here in uh, September on uh, the 10th out at the Ford Idaho Center Amphitheater. And throughout the 90s and 2000s, Davis has been candid about his struggles with substance abuse and drugs. All topics have made their way into Korn songs and his solo work, which uh, for uh, for the EDM has come under the name J-Devil, and then, of course, released a solo album just a couple years ago called Black Labyrinth, which was amazing. During the mid-2000s, Jonathan made an effort to support troops by personally visiting wounded soldiers on a USO, USO tour through Europe and uh, throughout uh, the Middle East and in the States as well. So he's uh, done his time trying to help out and doing some good things in that realm as well as as well as helping everybody when uh, it comes to uh, just, you know, being a cool dude. And uh, we, he's been here in town. In fact, we were so lucky when that Black Lambert tour stopped here nick he came in and did an x session which was amazing it was great but you know the really interesting about that is we got a chance to really talk to jonathan about stuff and you know we've had some good interactions with him and some not so great in the past and he explained to us is like hey listen corn is a machine and once you're in that tour space you know things are just on a certain schedule and just the way it is but when he's doing his solo stuff it's a different kind of dude that you get and you get a real more personable chance to find out uh, what's going on with jonathan davis and it's fascinating and just amazing and he is uh he's definitely a a very uh, inspirational artist let's put it that way i mean you know there's a lot of reasons why i will never forget the jonathan taylor acoustic performance one we we like we had to hightail it from from aftershock back remember that day that was a day like we we drove like ridiculously long to get here in time for that jonathan davis uh acoustic performance not only that but also like that was when the knitting factory was closed because of Mm -hmm. the fire so they had to like emergency kind of reschedule it at the rev center which actually meant more people could go which was awesome but it also it was like not it was like what two weeks after the death of his ex-wife yeah and his kids were on the road with him and we got to meet his children who were incredible human beings and he was like not only in like you know full-on like rock star mode but also in like dad mode and to see somebody in that particular realm kind of navigate through this thing which clearly was a crisis for everybody involved and he was doing such a fantastic job to make sure that the kids were taking part in everything and they felt included and all that kind of stuff it was just 
just, it was one of those things that, like, it was like a life lesson that wasn't meant to be a life lesson right. for me, if that makes any kind yeah. of sense. It was just like, here's how this dude, who probably has so much stuff going on, is also trying to be a dad while also, you know, navigating the world of being a superstar, for lack of a better term. And it was amazing to see that in action and, you know, a pretty humbling experience. And I'm sure a difficult one for him as well. But that just kind of kind of testifies to more to what you're saying of what a great human he is, as well as an incredibly talented musician and charismatic frontman and all of those kind of things that you need in a rock star. He's all that and more and just seems like, you know, especially now that he's cleaned up his act, much more down to earth, very easy to talk to, an incredible guy to uh, have an interview with and get some insight from. So uh, certainly deserves his uh, haul in the the bearded badass Hall of Fame, without a doubt. Absolutely, and uh, can't wait to, to see him uh, coming up here in just a few weeks. Yeah, and a- Amy Lee again, too. It's like the best of both worlds. Yeah, right? man. Morning After with Nick and Big Can't J. really make her a bearded badass. Uh, that would be Not without weird. insulting her. There's your bearded badass coming up in a few minutes. We got ourselves some important stuff. Hold on for that. I'm Morning After with Nick and Big J. How much has streaming television changed the way we look at TV? So much so that broadcast TV is pretty much conceding the fact that nobody's watching it anymore. NBC among the first to basically consider cutting an entire hour of primetime programming off of their block. Meaning right now uh, nationwide primetime for programs runs from about 7 o'clock at night to 10 o'clock at night local time, right? Yeah. And NBC is basically thinking about giving up the 9 to 10 o'clock hour and giving it back to local stations to program whatever they want because the numbers are so low during that stretch that they aren't getting the results that they want and aren't thinking about, you know, is it worth the money to invest into it? So basically, they would lower that window from 7 to 9 for uh, nationwide primetime. And then what they're talking about doing is probably moving the late night shows into that particular spot because local places aren't going to want to change the news time. That's just been too indoctrinated into our thinking the way that that works is news is at 10, period. Or if you're in California, news at 11, that kind of thing. So none of that stuff is going to change. It's just they're going to move some stuff around to make it easier or more accessible for other things or maybe even open that up for paid programming or for a local news program to run or whatever the case may be, depending on a market-by-market decision. So is it a content problem? Uh, I don't or, think it's like I, I think I, I just don't think they're getting return on their investment. I think they're spending all these money on these shows that really nobody's watching when they're supposed to watch them. They're all either not to say that nobody's watching these programs. That is right. to say they're watching them on demand or streaming when they want to, as opposed to when they're scheduled. So they're going, why do we bother putting it in there and promoting it and spending all this money about it when we're not getting a return on that particular investment? Now, if this does happen, it's still in the, you know, do we do this kind of stage. It's not going to happen until fall of next year at the earliest. So that's when these changes will take place because they have to figure all this stuff out. But it could be a significant change in the platform of broadcast television and what happens and when. Now, it's not going to be, if you're somebody that has cut the cord or doesn't watch broadcast TV as much or watches everything on streaming, it's going to be business as usual for you. It's those of you, like, you know, that are just watching TV over the air or, you know, set your DVRs for something on on satellite or whatever the case may be, these things could change as we go forward, Uh, but not until 2023 at the earliest. 
Hey, uh, it sure does pay to hold on to baseball cards. A mint condition 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle baseball card sold for $12.6 million yesterday, BK. Oh, man. That is a new record for sports memorabilia, period. The previous record, which of course was set just a few months ago, was $9.3 million for the jersey worn by Diego Marandona when he scored that Hand of God goal in the 1986 World Cup. So that's crazy how much money. I mean, and it sold for three. We talk about how we're in inflation, but the amount of money things are going for right now is crazy. Uh, $10.6 million for a baseball card. That, of course, is Mickey Mantle's rookie card. It being in mint condition certainly helps. But hold on to those baseball cards, man. You never know. You never, never know. Don't let anybody tell you to throw your stuff away. Just remember that. You heard it here first. We got a date for the Netflix comedy series about the final blockbuster show, which, of course, is not too far away from here in Oregon. The uh, The show Blockbuster is set to premiere on the streaming network Netflix on November 3rd. The show stars former guest of the morning after Randall Park as he manages the last blockbuster video store in the United States of America, which is a pretty cool idea, but it, it is interesting that the, you know, the actual platform that put Blockbuster out of business is now making a show about the last it is, store. Yeah, is it there. is irony. Exactly. <laughs> and so that's going to be happening November 3rd. You can watch it. It's kind of like a sitcom-based show, and it will star on Netflix coming up this winter. Get ready. Let's not kid ourselves. I'm going to hell, and you know it. The Morning After with Nick and Big J on 100.3 The X Rocks. To the skies we go for today's We're Going to Hell story, Big J, and it's quite frankly old hat when we hear something about some sort of altercation that happens on a flight that causes things to go awry. Never a good situation. Don't ever want to be in that situation, but it's not exactly like it's out of the ordinary. There'd be nothing shocking if you heard a story. Used to be. Right. But here's a little twist on something that we haven't heard at least in a very, very long while. It took place on an Air France flight that was in the skies that was traveling last month from a part of France to a part of Germany. And uh, uh, this this particular flight had to make an emergency landing because there was an altercation on the plane, but not the kind of thing that you think. It started with a disagreement, Big J, as most altercations do, if we're being perfectly honest. Sure. Uh, it was between the pilot and the co-pilot. Apparently, the co-pilot refused uh, to do something that the pilot wanted him to do, and the pilot kind of pulled rank on. Co-pilot did not like that very much, and so next thing you know, they're in the cockpit, and they got each other by the collar, and they're in each other's faces, right? Uh, This being a foreign country, it, it, it went to slaps first, so I don't know who made the first slap. Here's what I know. It, it started as a slap fight. Next thing you know, the a broken flight- arrow situation. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The flight attendant then starts to hear some very serious commotion happening from the cockpit. She's like, that doesn't sound normal. So she opens up the cockpit to see both the pilot and the co-pilot just straight up in an MMA fight with one another. I mean, there's haymakers getting thrown here left and right. Listen, it's a sensitive area, guys. They are beating the living crap out of each other. And so the it's the flight attendant who actually has to radio in for help going, hey, I've got two pilots here that are literally fighting each other and nobody's flying this plane. So 
They uh, crank her into to autopilot and make an emergency landing. Uh, both pilots have to be escorted off the plane because they're fighting this whole time. Like, I don't know what happened, but, like, they are going at each other. And so the plane was in a, a flight for less than an hour of its scheduled four-hour flight before having to make an emergency landing. And so they did exactly that. They had to empty the plane. Both pilots were arrested. So now this Air France flight, which is where it happened on, uh, basically has suspended both of the pilots indefinitely while they're investigating what's going on. The black box is being called into evidence. All sorts of stuff is going on in this particular flight after uh, you know these two gentlemen had to come to blows. And, and you know you have to expect more out of your pilots, I guess is my point. You know, the one thing you don't think is, oh boy, I wonder if my pilots are going to beat the crap out of each other in this fight. But it apparently happens. Now, not the first time. There was no. an incident back in 2018 where two pilots had to be suspended indefinitely and were eventually fired after they got into a fight over a food tray in the cockpit at 37,000 feet. No, this, Never good luck. This recently just happened here in the States. It did as well? Yeah, they didn't come to blows, but there was a serious disagreement amongst pilots and they had to do, uh, they had to land at a different airport than they were going to. See, man, I mean, like, I don't know what's going on here, but like, it's a weird, weird thing where these things like happen in groups and they come together and they make these things like a fairly regular occurrence, which is not something yeah. that you want to see. I'm just waiting uh, for one of these flights that I'm on for uh, the uh, over the announcement. Does anyone here an expert at Microsoft Flight Simulator? <laughs> you're thinking we, you, you, we you need you to land the plane. You want an airplane scenario and they have to call you into the cockpit. Yeah, you clearly think, not a doctor. No, but, you know, you, you could do the thing where maybe just, do you think you could land it? There's no way, right? I mean, come on. Come sure. on. Sure, why no, not? No, Why not? No, why not is not something you want to say as you're taking control of the, I don't know, about 250 people's lives. Morning After with Nick and Big J. good hands. There's your We're Going to Hell story. It is the X Rocks. There's some Metallica for you. It's Fade to Black here on The Morning After with Nick and Big J. Of course, we have to have, to have some running themes through the show, whether it's planned or unplanned. And today is another uh, one of those deals. As you were talking about this earlier, I'm not sure it's on your list of things that you want to do. But have you gone any farther on you now planning that inevitable trip to Hawaii? I uh, haven't heard much about it yet. Okay. You're just coming back from big vacation. Everybody hasn't been feeling great, so I'm not exactly sure that, you know, trip planning is high on the well, priority well, list. Well, here right in now. a couple weeks, the wife, Mason, and her boyfriend, Kyle, are going to Australian Fiji. So. Oh, that's right. How long are they gone for that? Two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, so, yeah, that's the big trip for the family for the rest of this year. But maybe now that you've watched all of Hawaii Five-0, you're a little bit more open to going to Hawaii these days. Yeah, yeah. It looks like uh, I would like to check it out. And so uh, it probably shouldn't surprise you that depending on where you live, that's also uh, what your life expectancy is. And they just released the day, the actual information on which state you should live in if you want to live the longest. And it probably shouldn't surprise anybody that Hawaii is number one on that list far and away now lifestyle is the number one reason why i mean you people usually go there are pretty chill you go there to relax or to retire and so uh it's got a life expectancy about three years higher than any other state 
in the Union. But when you get down to two or three, it might actually surprise you. Number two is Washington, and then number three is Minnesota. So Minnesota. it, it, it kind of runs the gamut there from climates as well. So climate doesn't apparently play as big of a role in how long you live as other particular factors like you know relaxing and taking things easy and slowing things down and not being so stressed out now on the flip side to that you're going to want to avoid places like mississippi west virginia and louisiana they came in last for life expectancy uh so that's not good by the way if you live in hawaii you're you're uh, expected to live nine years longer than if you live in Oof. mississippi wow so that's the actual gamut now where does idaho rank big j we're looking at about 14th on that particular list so not too bad yeah. could be worse we're down there but we're still a good uh five years away from hawaii so if you're thinking about retiring to a place and you want to live forever and you can't afford like a hyperbolic chamber or something like that tank. yeah you can't afford a mac and tank then you're going to want to probably check out a trip or two to hawaii and see if it's someplace you want to retire and oh by the way uh besides lifestyle being a big factor don't worry about it women still outlive men on an average of about five years as well so you can tack on another five years if you're a lady Congratulations. Now, lady living Hawaii, you might be immortal for all I know. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's some sort of weird eternal kind of key that you've unlocked there, but uh, congratulations if that's the case. So think about it, Big J. Maybe when you actually check out Hawaii, it may be someplace that you go, you know what? Here's my forever home when I finally retire. Why not? Live it up on the beach in Waikiki. That's a place, right? I guess. I don't know. (laughs) You're going to find out before I do. Morning After with Nick and Big J. Coming up in a few short minutes, some important stuff, plus your pop culture smackdown. Hold tight. Nick and Big J. Well, Big J, it's always good to be empathetic about a particular situation, especially if somebody deserves that empathy. But much like anything, that is a tank that can run low. And uh, they're starting to see an influx of this particular condition, which, believe it or not, now has the title. It's called compassion fatigue, Big J. Some people are just sick and tired of helping out others and making sure others have everything that they need. Jeez. Now, uh, this is a particular thing that's come to light only because, and it's going to start to make sense as we get into the details of it. The, the reason why this is a thing is there's a ton of our healthcare workers out there that are dealing with this right now. They are, uh, they are they're falling into this category the highest because, well, it's been a tough couple of years for healthcare workers out there in the United States of America and beyond. And so they are the ones that usually have to see people at their worst, right? They have to do whatever they can. It's in their job description to help them try to get over that particular hump. And quite frankly, uh, I'm guessing that they also feel fairly unappreciated for the work that they have done in the last couple of years. You add all that up and you probably can understand why people are going, why, why am I doing this again? You know what I mean? And so uh, psychologists are dealing with this particular condition and know that it's not just health workers that fall into this category. It can be people that are, you know, dealing with family that have been, you know, down in their luck or helping out a lot of people in this particular time. People that work for a lot of charities feel this particular case where they have a difficulty kind of having that empathy with their personal lives because it consumes their every particular waking moment during their workday. And so it is a situation that can be good. Uh, or can not be good and for people that do good a lot and so they're trying to figure out ways 
that they can help out people that are having this compassion fatigue. And the way they do things is basically making sure people do feel appreciated for their job. So there was a time when we were very appreciative of healthcare workers in this country. That went away fairly quickly. <laughs> However, it'd be nice if it came back again to make sure that those that make sure other people are doing okay know that we also appreciate them for their work that yeah, they do. Yeah, they just went through hell for right. the last couple years. Exactly. So, uh, you know, this can be triggered by trauma. It can be triggered by your job. It can be triggered by uh, commonplace helpfulness. All these things are something that can come in handy. So a reminder that, you know, engaging in self-care, eating well, uh, journaling, setting some boundaries, all these things are ways to combat compassion fatigue. But know that if you feel like you're in this situation, you're not the only one, number one. And number two, there's probably a good reason for it. And there are some things that you can do to help yourself back into that better mental space that you were in before all this crap began. Roy McElroy is a good golfer, and he won the Tour Championship yesterday in Atlanta to take home the FedEx Cup for the third time in his career. He rallied from being six shots behind uh, from Scotty Scheffer, who ended up finishing in second. He'd been in the lead, ended up tied up, uh, and then uh, got the uh, actual lead back over the last two holes. So congratulations to Roy McElroy for winning yet another championship. Big J, have you checked out Little Demon at all, the Danny DeVito cartoon on FX? No. Uh, are you interested in it? <clears throat> this is the one I thought you showed me, the one that was put yes, together by Dan yes. Harmon. Uh, do you have an interest? Are you waiting yeah, for a couple yeah. episodes? He was doing Definitely. some promotion for the show. Obviously, that's what he gets paid to do. And he sat down with Vanity Fair. And, of course, as with anything, it starts to kind of turn into a career reflection uh, with Danny DeVito. And he started talking about Batman, Big J. Of course, he's <laughs> part of the Batman villain uh, universe. And they showed him a photo of Michael Keaton. And uh, and he said that uh, which they, they asked him which Batman was and he stopped him in the middle of the question and said Michael Keaton's the best Batman I've got no problem with that whatsoever that's a solid opinion to have mm-hmm. and then they showed him a photo of Colin Farrell and they said okay which Penguin was better and he said that he loves Colin Farrell and enjoys the different spin that he put on it but he thinks that his Penguin was a better reflection of the comic book character than the Penguin that was created in the Batman, although he did say that Colin uh, Farrell did a fantastic job and he loves Colin as a human being. So I ask you, Big J, Danny DeVito's Penguin or uh, Colin Farrell's Penguin? (laughs) I mean... Uh, they're different eras, man. But, uh, you know, Colin Farrell is not fair because he got the better makeup job. <laughs> well, I mean, that might be debatable, but he certainly is uh, unfamiliar, uh, unrecognizable yeah, underneath yeah. all that I stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I'm going to go with Danny DeVito just because the stupid. Well, the answer is Danny DeVito only because Colin, if we're being perfectly honest, Colin Farrell's not the penguin yet. You understand? He's just a dude yeah. in that yeah. movie. You're That's right. all he really is. He's a lackey in the Batman, for lack of a better term. He has yet to turn into anything that you would consider to be, uh, you know, any kind of supervillain by any stretch of the word so uh while he both did a fantastic job the penguin you know as weird as it is and for him to have an army of penguins in that movie and for the penguins to then carry his body out of the water at the end is very very weird in batman returns at least it's a fully recognizable version of the penguin albeit a definite tim burton gothy version of it uh, but I, now I still say the jury's out, though. Colin Farrell's Penguin could be better in the long run. I just don't think we've seen him as the Penguin just yet, anyway. Touche, sir. Morning after with Nick and Big J. Coming up in a few short minutes, we got ourselves some pop culture smackdown. You're going to want to hang around for that because the prizes attached to it are pretty nice. 
with Nick and Big J. Oh, Nelly, we've got a great uh, set of tickets here for you to go see Greta Van Fleet Saturday at Extra Mile Arena. Pretty reckless opening up, so it's going to be a, a killer show. And we also will get you qualified for the Greta Van seats, which are right there by the soundboard. Great place to see and hear the concert, that's for sure. Uh, all You can get all that if you beat me in Pop Culture Smackdown. Let me give you our phone number. It is 208-287-1003. That's the number that you need to call if you would like to take on Big J in a battle of pop culture knowledge in exchange for tickets to Greta Van Fleet. Are you ready, Big J? I'm ready. Then to the phones we go. Let's see how we do. Hello, The X. Hi. Good morning, man. What's your name? Steve. Steve, you're up first. Steve, in the movie Back to the Future, what instrument does Michael J. Fox play on stage, presumably changing music forever? Guitar. That is absolutely correct. He plays the guitar. Johnny the Good. Big J, which baseball superstar was once married to Marilyn Monroe? Oh, that would be um, Joe DiMaggio. That is correct. Right. Steve, we are going back to you. Steve, in Wayne's World, Dana Carvey plays Wayne's sidekick named what? First name is all I need. What is it? Garth. Garth is absolutely right. correct. Good job. Big J, what was the name of Prince's longtime backup band? The Power Generation? The Power Generation. Well, I mean, technically that's one of them. It wasn't what I was really looking for, but I will take it. Right. Because I was looking for the Revolution. Oh, okay. Uh, but Prince did they, have a backup com- band. He combined them. Yeah, too. The new point. Power uh, Generation. Uh, we are going back to you there, Steve. We need to know, uh, in the TV show The Sopranos, what nature-based name did Tony Soprano give his daughter? Meadow. Meadow is correct. Good job. Right. Big J, speaking of The Sopranos, what band's music played over the final scene in The Sopranos finale, famously? Metallica. Metallica. No. No. Wrong. Little bit more diner-friendly than Metallica, Big J. They, Frank Sinatra? Frank Sinatra, no. Wrong. Steve, do you have... Martin? No. Wrong. Now we're just getting into Italian singers, which feels somehow a little bit <laughs> weird to me. Uh, Steve, do you happen to know the answer? To the doors? Uh, it's, no, it's not the doors. Wrong. The answer was Journey. Right. Journey is the song. Just a small town girl living in a lonely... Uh. That's the song that was playing over the final of the credits of I the Supremes. stuck in my head now, thanks. Uh, good job, my friend, Steve. You still got those tickets to Greta Van Fleet and Pretty Reckless coming up on hey, Saturday. You earned them, man. And you are also going to get qualified for those Greta Van seats as well. Please hold on. We'll get some information from you. There's your pop culture smackdown coming up in a few. We got your headlines. They're next on the X Rocks. Kind of things. It's time for headlines on the morning after with Nick and Big J. Headlines brought to you by Coors Banquet and Coors Light. They want to help those who protect our West by donating a portion of all case sales to the Wildland Firefighters Foundation. So look for the X at participating retailers. We're going to help protect our West as well by giving you a chance to win Protect Our West Coors gear as well as some station prizes. Thank you to Coors and Coors Light for that. Headlines are as follows. Big J, how am I doing? Seems cruel and don't do it. How am I doing? This man has got a solution to ghosting, Big J. If you're dating in the single world, he wants you to fill out an exit survey after a date. He is a Google program manager. His name is Devon Locks, and he started giving his New York City dates a four-page questionnaire so he can start collecting data on how he's doing as a date. After one date disliked the venue choice, he began being more creative and getting some, you know, different places for date ideas. 
He's got a data-driven method, and apparently it seems to work, because Lox is regularly now dating women who fill out the survey after the first date, so it's going well. I'm not sure how much of a survey sample size he has. So, I mean, I guess he must be doing okay there. I, I mean, how is he delivering the, the survey? It's got to it, be a follow-up is it, is email. It text, email? It's got to be a follow I mean, it's a four-page questionnaire. It's got to be an email, right? <laughs> it has to be. I mean... Or he's a tech guy, so, you know, it's probably some sort of, you know, weird, you know, Google... It's probably a text. He's got, like, a link tree that, you know, he just yeah. sends the, the text to them, and they click the link, and they fill it out on But good phone. for them for filling that out. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, four pages is a lot. I mean, unless you don't plan on going out with that guy again, I, I don't know why. Really, the cherry on the top should be, uh, if you fill this out, I'll give you a gift card <laughs> for another dinner somewhere. I mean, at least credit to him for being unique and different and trying to be better. I mean, if he's putting some of these ideas into you know action, then more power to him. But, I mean, listen, uh, first of all, if you're going out with enough ladies that you need to have a four-page questionnaire follow-up and you've got enough results that you can make changes, you're doing okay, would be my guess. It's those that can't get the single date that need the survey, not the ones that go out on seven dates a week and are trying to figure out how to make their dates better. Seems cruel or don't do it? Don't do it. A pot dispensary customer in Oregon apparently got the munchies even before lighting up because she sprayed teriyaki sauce all over everything inside in the dispensary. That's not cool. How? Her name is Ronnie Dileski. She is visiting from Arizona, and she went inside the medication station dispensary. After buying her weed, she then decided to pull out of her purse a uh, bottle of teriyaki sauce. She doused the counter, several employees, and a bunch of the product with the sauce. The 42-year-old then left the store when she'd emptied the bottle, but cops caught up with her a short distance away. She was under arrest, and she started struggling with the officer. Very brief attempt at resisting. They took her into custody, so they're trying to figure out why she did it. Don't know the motivation. Just know that she had teriyaki sauce in her purse and then decided to spray it all over the place in the dispenser. I don't know why. Seems like a bad idea, however. Although, yeah. it could be a new strain. Teriyaki flavored pot? Teriyaki kush. There you go. Uh, And maybe have a little bit of that teriyaki aftertaste to it. Maybe it would work. Uh, But that is not the way to do it, in case you're curious. That's just a way to get arrested. Wrap it up with seems cruel. Like, I know everybody gets hungry and at weird times, and the beauty of it now with Uber Eats and DoorDash is you can get food pretty much delivered anywhere. But this seems like it's just mean to the people delivering your food because travelers deciding to climb Mount Fiji on April 16th became hungry, so they used an Indonesian delivery service to order food delivered up to them where they were on Mount Fiji. The delivery man had to hike up the volcano for six hours to deliver the food to the hungry climbers, but he did his job. And by the way, they're not the only people to do this. Somebody else uh, called Domino's uh, halfway up Mount Fiji, and they delivered to him, too. So that's crazy to me. Like, also, it may mean that climbing that mountain isn't as difficult as it once (laughs) seemed to be, if that's the case. Like, if you can get Uber Eats up there, it can't be that hard, right? I mean, I still don't want to do it. But, I mean, if you have to get your food six yeah. hours waited for it to get delivered, I mean, 
I don't know. Maybe Plus, you should have brought snacks on the trip with you. You also got to think, okay, well, you're expecting your pizza cold. <laughs> Definitely right? cold. I mean, yes. no, there's, there should be no complaints in that regard. Absolutely not. Whatever you're going to get either needs to be served cold or expect it to no longer be there when it finally gets to your location. But just so you know, if you're planning on climbing Mount Fiji, apparently you can get food up there. That's the latest from Highly Suspect. It's Natural Born Killer here on The Morning After with Nick and Big J. And we've got all the Prince of Darkness news that's fit to print, don't we, pal? Yeah, we do. And, uh, you know, I think it was about three or four weeks ago that Dodsey performed at the Commonwealth Games uh, in his hometown of Birmingham, uh, England, along with Tommy Ione. And uh, he talked with The Guardian a little bit more about that. And he said uh, he he didn't think he could do it. Uh, And then he said, if I'm going to go for it, it's one song, and I've sung it every night for the last 50 55 years, so it's not like I'm going to forget the words. Uh, he flew home to England. First time in eight years he's been back to England. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, they had a bracket that would hold him up on the platform that came up beneath the stage. Oh, no. So that's that actually could, really sad. That he could perform part of that. Well, he just had surgery, I know. That's so. what I mean. Like, they, 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 they still propped him up. for Like, literally propped him up <laughs> yeah, for that performance. Yeah, here's the thing. He says the event proved to him he's not done with performing. And that, quote, I'll give it back. The best shot I can for another tour. You've not seen the end of Ozzy Osbourne, I promise you. If I have to go up there and die on the first song, oh, I'll still no. be back the next day. I'd see it. Well, uh, hang on, Ozzy. That's not how that works. But it, it also worries me to hear stuff like that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's how I feel like this story ends, unfortunately. Like him getting ready to go up on stage or something like that for yet another performance. But listen, man, if it makes him happy and he does truly seem happy doing it, then uh, why not? I mean, yeah. knock yourself out, man. Do what you need to do. You've earned however you want to, you know, spend the remaining years of your life, as we all have, I feel like. So if that's what he wants to do, then more power to him. But I didn't know that they had to literally brace him for him to do that. I mean, it does make sense. Again, you're right. He did re- recently have spinal surgery. That's yeah. not something that you jump back from. But the fact that he, you know, probably had to get on a plane for God knows how many hours to get over there and then get, you know, bracketed up there and screwed in to do the performance. I mean, Mayday. But listen, man, he is a performer. He does what he has to do to get through to the next stage. And I, I guess he's going to stay over there in the UK, right? Yeah, he's uh, he's planning on moving back there. Uh, they're working on his 120-year-old, 350-acre Buckingham, back, Buckinghamshire estate. Uh, he says he does not want to die in America. <laughs> so he wants to make it. Uh, back home in England, and again, that's his prerogative. So he he wants to die in England on stage, is what we're gathering from that Aussie interview. That's he's figured yeah, read, out the way between the tea leaves. There you go. <laughs> he wants to go out. So now you have all your Aussie news that you need. It's the morning after with Nick and Big J. Another chance to score some tickets with us next with bad impressions on the X Rock. <laughs> Not impressed. Morning after with Nick and Big J on 100.3 The X. And bad impressions brought to you by Treasure Valley Subaru. More than just Subaru, they're the Idaho Center pre-owned superstore. Uh, and uh, we got tickets here for you. Greta Van Fleet, the Pretty Reckless, going to be at Extra Mile Arena Saturday. We'll get you set up with tickets to the show and get you qualified for Greta Van seats, which is some very nice seats right there by the soundboard. All that if you can figure out bad impressions this morning. It's a pretty good prize. 208-287-1003. If you'd like to play our little game called Bad Impressions, it works like this. Big J has three clues. They all revolve around somebody pretty famous. If you could figure out who that famous person is in those three clues or less... Congratulations. You're definitely going on Saturday, and you are qualified for that grand prize, which we will pull on Thursday for two winners and a guest. Hello, The X. Hey. What up, man? What's your name? 
Mike. All right, Mike, you're up first, man. Good luck. Whoa, I know kung fu. <laughs> Next. You keep asking if I'm back. Well, I guess I'm back. Okay. I'm Neo. Keanu Reeves. Good yeah. job, Mike. Hang on one second. Is that a dig towards Keanu Reeves the way he talks? Yes. All right. Because uh, he's not always that slow. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think so. Why is... I'll deny it if anybody says it to him. <laughs> Keanu Reeves in the news. Uh, Keanu Reeves is in the news uh, because uh, he is typical awesome dude and uh imagine if you will nick you're uh, about to get married you, you you got the whole wedding procession everybody at the hotel i'm good and you run into uh you run into mr keanu reeves in the bar and you start up a conversation and uh your conversation peaks keanu reeves enough that he decides he wants to go to the wedding reception and hang out with he the wedding comes party. to the whole party yes he took pictures of them and even pictures from the wedding photographer. Forget about it. That'd be amazing. It'd be great. It'd be great. That'd be really, really cool. Where did this happen? Uh, I do not have a location. Was it like in L.A. or in uh, like Hawaii or something? Tibet. It was in Tibet. Oh, my God. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, great wedding place. That's <laughs> Come to my destination wedding in Tibet. So, uh, well, uh, that's pretty damn awesome. So he showed up and partied and then took pictures to a bunch of everybody. And I'm guessing he wouldn't touch anybody, right? He just kind of stood in his own little way. Probably, being yeah. Being canneries. That's yeah. pretty. That's awesome. I love it. Bowing. I love it. That guy seems super cool. It would be great to have a conversation with him for sure. Uh, I wonder. Yes, I, I agree. I, I would really enjoy that. Although I feel like it would be one of those deals where I, I would be like, I wonder if he's just bored talking to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, where I would be like. He would not be interesting to him. No, 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 no. But he would be very interesting to me. And quite frankly, in a conversation, that's all that matters to me is if I find the other person interesting. I don't care what they think about me. But Keanu Reeves seems like a saint and he has a go directly to heaven uh, pass when he passes away. Very Absolutely. Morning After with Nick and Big J. We wrap up this show. It's happening next in the X-Rocks. That is Fozzie wrapping up the Morning After with Nick and Big J on this Monday. We got Big J back in the studio today. Hopefully that felt good for him. He got his birthday presents. I know that felt good. Yeah. You could see it by the twinkle in his eye. We also talked about pilot fights and even inducted Jonathan Davis into the Bearded Badass Hall of Fame. So it was a pretty good Monday show, Big J. That leaves you with the floor. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, for all those of you uh, out there uh, fighting through uh, Corona, just, just get through it. You're going to be fine. There's life on the other side. Is that your uh, your Corona Part Two pep talk? Yeah. Uh, this one was it better or worse than the first round? Oh, uh, it was it was much more difficult. Okay. So yeah. and you didn't have a go of it that was great the first time around, if I remember right. Nah, I only had a couple of uh, of issues. What was the difficult part this time? The difficult part is like the symptoms I had were like you know a lot more. Like I had, did have some trouble breathing for a brief period of time. But really, it's it, and here's the thing: it's so different from any other. You know, I mean, eventually down the road, Corona is going to be just another thing we have to deal with, like the flu and the cold and that sort of thing. But uh, the crazy part about it is, we still don't know what it does in the long term, um, and and so that thing is is just keeps turning. I was having some PTSD because you know, last time I had Corona, my dad died the same time mm-hmm. from it, and it was just a real 
mind bleep because you know we still don't have all the answers for it and you know we get other people sick uh it's just there's a lot that goes into it that makes you just you know not not really feel safe when you have it sure and then you know the rest of the family gets it too and so you have to deal with then once you transition out of actually testing negative then you got to take care of the family while they're dealing with it and i'm sure it was a a trying yeah no i didn't even get to get through that you know it was like (laughs) i was near the end and then they started to get then i started having doing all the chores myself oh man it's nothing worse than being the, the least sick person in the house. <laughs> Next set of X-Rock brought to you by Team Mazda. It's easy to get your auto loan pre-approved with Team Mazda's iPreCheck button. Just click the big blue button at GoTeamMazda.com. That is it for us. We will see you guys tomorrow. Jason Drew's up next. Have a good one. It's the X-Rocks. I- <laughs>